terms of symbology. What is at stake? It is a big idea. A new world order where diverse nations are drawn together in common cause to achieve the universal aspirations of mankind. My question to you is, in any of your government jobs, have you ever been briefed on the subject of UFOs? And if you have, when was it? What were you told? Well, if I had been briefed on that, I'm sure it was probably classified and I couldn't talk about it. I got out in 1989. We had cataloged 57 different species. We walked over to one side of the lab and he said, by the way, we've discovered a base. The very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. And we are, as a people, inherently and historically opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths, and to secret proceedings. Greetings and salutations to all my fellow Skywatchers listening in worldwide, no matter what neighborhood, what corner, what street, no matter if you're playing video games, put it down right now, start listening in. This is Skywatchers Radio, and we're back live, broadcasting out of New Logic Studios down in Miami, Florida. Choked a little bit there. I am Angel Espino, and with me as always is my hetero radio life mate, the other guy better known as Alan Weiler to his family. Alan, how are you doing tonight, my friend? I am doing amazingly amazing tonight. I am in the middle of Alabama, and every story you've ever heard about Alabama, I must say, it's pretty much all true. Uh, I'm here doing a gig at a military base at one of the uh, PXs, and uh, it's been an interesting experience while being here, let me tell you. Alabama's nice. I know. Like See, the cool part is, is where here. I'm staying. I'm staying at a really nice hotel that has no ambient light around, so I oh, got nice. to see the Perseid meteor shower. So, if you're going to get yeah, killed, it was amazing. nobody will see it. If what? If somebody were to kill you, you'll never see it. Um. Yeah, but that would not be cool. Then you wouldn't have me on the radio with you being being your sidekick. That is true. That you know, I'm not trying to be depressing and deathly about it, but, you know, that's not cool. Why is so, there, like, who do we got going, tonight? Uh, uh, you got something going on in the background there? Because I can hear something going on. Well, I have uh, my hotel mate here that is actually in the background, and uh, she's going to be stepping out shortly, but I can't get her to shut up. Ah, that's what's going on. See, what we need right Sorry now is about we, that. We, need, we need somebody knocking on the door from the men in black. To make her, sh- I think that would be a cool thing. Well, you know, they'll just neuralize her, and you know, they'll do nasty things for her, and she'll she won't even remember a single thing, but she'll enjoy it. The flashy thingy thing, flashy. Exactly the flashy thingy thing. I wonder if they really have that. I don't know. I don't know. You don't. That'd be cool. Listen, huh? how many people? How many people realistically have said that they don't remember their encounter or their experience? Yeah, think about. Seriously, that. think about that. I mean, just think about it. That, that would make perfect sense. And what is uh, right. what is the one theory that Hollywood has been doing for the last fifty years in the UFO field? Getting Aliens are coming, or they're Getting ready. Getting Giving it. a hint That's of right. what you know what they have. Yep, exactly. Now, folks, if you have had your own alien experience or your own Men in Black experience, you know you if can you've call been in if you've been flashy thinking, if they did a flashy thinking, if you've been flashy thinking, or if you've been probed where you shouldn't have and you didn't get paid for it, and they didn't use any lube, please call in. And, and the number is? The number is, 
Ah, see, jinxed. 786 245 All right. Excellent, excellent. Tonight, we're going to be joined again by the Montauk Chronicles. Yeah, I'm getting there. Shut up. Uh, The Montauk Chronicles own Christopher Gertano is going to be on with us tonight in the uh, second hour. Of course, we're going to have our new segment tonight in the uh, first hour here with uh, Nancy Burns this week from, uh, of course, Future Theater. That's right. So is it the Nancy Burns experience now, or is it something else we're going to call it? The Nancy Burns experience. It's always the Nancy Burns experience. I mean, I would like to call it the well, news with Nancy Burns, but it just it's an experience. You just got to witness it, be there, hear it, live it. <laughs> and I'm sure she's listening in the background and tweeting about us, so I'm sure she's not saying such friendly things because you said it that way. Well, she knows She knows it's all with love. She knows that. Right. We care about Nancy, and we like her, and we like her husband, you know, Bill as well, too, you know. So it's all good. Can't we all just get along? Indeed. So that's uh, coming right. up in about 15 minutes, and, and at the end of the hour, we're going to bring back Christopher Gertano. And now I've seen the entire thing. He sent me the Blu-ray. I know you didn't get a copy yet. Maybe one day you will. No, no. I've been traveling so much I haven't had a chance to. But I'm excited to see the – I'm really, really excited because all I've been hearing, not just from you but from other people, this is going to be an amazing, amazing DVD to say the least. Yeah, it's – I mean like I said uh, on the last show, you know, and just had – I've only seen then like 15, 20 minutes of footage. Uh, but even back then, I mean it was really, really good stuff. You know, it was really creepy, well put together, well edited. Uh, now I saw the whole thing and – Again, it, he did a, a masterful job, really, of making this interesting and not just having a couple guys sitting on the couch saying, yeah, well, the government probed me and there was a little gray man walking around. Because, you know, that could get kind of silly real quick. So you have to kind of, like, put it in a certain perspective and in a certain way that not only entertains people but, you know, keeps their attention plus, you know, shows us in, in a serious, creepy light, which it really is a very creepy situation, very messed up situation, to say the least, what happened to these guys. So uh, we're going to welcome back Christopher on the show in the second hour and uh, we're going to go over the you know everything that that uh, happened in that movie that I officially seen uh, again Alan one day might see it we never know highly doubt it uh, probably not I am so looking forward to seeing it you just got to get me access or you got or I'll I'll ask him tonight you know send me a copy <laughs> there you go. By the way, Nancy Burns just uh, tw- uh, sent me a, a Skype message and uh, her message is uh, a sunny happy face. Aww. She's ready for the next She's ready for the Are you ready? I believe I am. But we still got another uh, 10 minutes or so. So what else in the news do we want to discuss? What else have we seen in the news? That sounds interesting. Let well, me ask the- you a question. If Trump does become president, do oh, you boy. think he'll help? A- okay. Uh... Let me see. Maybe he'll finish what? that question. What? Finish the question because you broke out there. I don't know what's going on with your internet. My question. Uh, so, sorry. Uh, my question is: Is that Mark, if Mark. Trump were to become president, right? It would. Do you think he would be told about the agenda, and do you think he would push or hide disclosure? Dude, let me put it this way: I think Trump already knows about aliens, and here's why I say well, that. How his else? Hair how else do you explain his hair? See, you ruined the joke. Thank you. <laughs> ruined Sorry. the joke. 
Folks, we did not set that up to happen that way. I just had a funny feeling where he was going with that. Um, seriously, that, <laughs> really, you know. Wow. Yeah. It took me about four seconds to think that up, too, and you just train wrecked it. Good job. I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. Okay, folks, here is the good scientific <laughs> joking question of the night. Oh For all of you listeners, if you melt dry ice, can you swim in it without getting wet? Wait a second. There's a conundrum in this question. No, that's the TV show Seven Days. That too. That's a conundrum also. Yeah, I never got that show. But no, uh, dry ice. If you melt it, well, of course, if it's melted, it turns into water, right? No. You're but wrong. It's dry ice. Right. Dry ice goes, dry straight ice. To a it goes straight to a gap. Right. It goes straight to gas. It is not ever so it a liquid. it never turn into liquid. Okay, see, there, there you go. All right, fine. I'll give you a better one, okay? That's the and answer. folks, please. folks, please, please call in with the answer to this because I don't know the answer myself to this. If you're in a spaceship, you with me? Okay. If you're I in follow. a spaceship and you're uh-huh. traveling at the speed of light, speed of light, okay. Okay, and you turn the headlights on, do they right, do anything? Right. Hmm. If you're traveling at the speed of light, it probably would turn on, but they would not accelerate faster than you. So. Callers, if you have been in a UFO that's been traveling faster than the speed of light and it had headlights... Now, here's a better question. Hold on, here's a better question. Uh, say you're traveling in a spaceship, right? And okay. you hit the speed of light. You turn on your headlights. Nothing. It's on, right? If you're standing right in front of you traveling at the speed of light backwards and you can see yourself or see the other ship coming towards you, you will see lights, but it's not traveling forward anywhere. Now, say you hit faster than the speed of light. What happens to the lights then? Do they keep going faster with you? I have no idea. Folks, if anybody here See, actually is a rocket science, please call in. Yeah, if you are a rocket science. Good job, right? It's scientist. Anyway, uh, but think about that. If you go faster than the speed of light... H- have I twisted your brain so far with this yet? No, not really, no. Okay, fine. I'm, I'm sure there's someone that either on this show or the show after us, uh, whether it's a guest or a call-in, that should be able to answer this. Because and we know we have a lot, of, a lot people of people that listen. Yeah. We, we know who listens to our show, and we know who's coming up after us. Now, check this out over on artbelt.com if you guys want to uh, follow along with uh, the story I'm going to read here. Uh, this is a pretty, I know you haven't seen this, so uh, my condolences. But if you go to artbell.com, you'll see it on there. It says, uh, family sees a, and takes uh, photos of strange patterns of lights over their uh, their home and over trees. Uh, it says here, the description, and uh, actually this is uh, them kind of explaining what happened. It says, we saw lights of perfect circular shapes. There were very bright lights above the uh, thick clouds that remained stationary for a few minutes, about 10 minutes, then disappeared. The whole family saw this phenomenon. We live in a very quiet area. Uh, there were um, there were no light beams uh, from below. Uh, it wasn't moving uh, in the air like a kite or we, with lights or anything. Um, now, there's a picture on here. Yeah, I'm looking at it. I'm not trying to debunk it, but you know something? That could actually be hmm. maybe stadium lights underneath. Um, you know, they might be in a rural town. We don't know where it is. Uh, there's no real point of reference there. But I, I'm wondering if that could be the reflection of maybe 
stadium lights of a school's uh, sports stadium or something. Yeah, but wouldn't that be a little bit awkward of an angle for for lights to reflect off the clouds like that? I mean, I don't know. Yes and no. And he, hang I'm on, not a rocket yes science. No. I'm not a rocket science. You know, I'm looking at the photo, and here's my logic behind this. Hold on. Listen to me. Um, what happens if it rained the day before, and it's just the reflection off of the pools of water or, you know, or the water from that's seeped onto the AstroTurf or onto the uh, onto the uh, the game arena or the uh, football stadium floor. I, I don't know. It does look interesting. I'm not calling it Photoshop because it actually doesn't look Photoshop. I see no pixelation whatsoever. But, um, but I don't know. Check this out. Uh, caller, you're live on Skywatchers Radio. What are your thoughts on uh, this uh, photo we're looking at here? Well, I actually didn't hear anything about a photo. I was calling to answer your question. Oh, we got the oh, right headlights. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, basic relativistics: uh, light has to go see in relation to everything. So, if you're <clears throat> moving at any relative speed to anything else, from your perspective, light is still going to go see. The headlights are going to go see in front of you and behind you. Okay. Even in fashion, so even at speed of light. Well, that's the thing. That's that's how relativistics works. Uh, there, there is no fashion and speed of light in relation to anything else. Now. Let's say uh, so the sun is eight light minutes away. So if you were to get in the vehicle and go to the sun and from your watch, it only took you a couple seconds. From your point of view, you went faster than the speed of light. However, your headlights are still going to go 186,000 miles per second in front of you, and it's going to go 186,000 miles per second in relation to Earth. So even though from your point of view, you went several times the speed of light to the sun on Earth, they're going to perceive you as going just under the speed of light. It'll still take you eight minutes on Earth or Earth time to get there. So, so I guess Obi-Wan Kenobi was right. Everything is seen from a certain point of view. Well, yeah, this isn't just for how it's seen. This is uh, how it actually unfolds. Yeah, that's how it is. Yeah, everything's oh, – that's interesting. So what if uh, – well, the question is, what if, say you, you, you can – past that barrier and go faster than the speed of light and there's a light beam right next to you what would happen at that point would you pass that beam or i mean at that point now i think the, you would become you would become light itself wouldn't it i mean if you go that fast well if you really want to go to, the, to that level basically uh, from a photon's point of view it is moving instantaneously from our mm -hmm. point of view it's going what we define as c so basically the only way for you to go to go the speed of light in relation to anything else is from your own point of view to go instantaneous, which is, of course, you know, absurd. You'd be occupying right. every space in the universe at the same time. Right. Right. So unless you find some way to, you know, like in Star Trek, basically warp space around you, unless you can find any way to do that, there's no way you'll ever go faster than the speed of light in relation to anything else. That means you could get in a ship, theoretically, and go to you know, across the galaxy According to your watch, it only take you a minute. Now, of course, that means, you know, from your point of view, you're going millions of times the speed of light. Right. But in relation to Earth, you'll still never hit C. So, you know, when you come back to Earth, it's going to be gone, maybe. <laughs> well, the, the way this yeah. world is going right now, I might agree yeah. with you that it might be, it might be gone. I'm yeah, not going to well, argue anyway, with you. I, I didn't know if you actually wanted an answer, but light, no matter no, what, no, no, will no, always no, get C. 
I appreciate the answer. Uh, you gave no, that's me a great some answer, insight yeah. there, to say the least. If anybody wants to debate him, they could also call in and argue this fact a little bit later on in the show. Yeah, I mean, it sounds legit to me there, Alan. Uh, he seems much smarter than you or I, so. Yep, we'll I need to buy, I'm so stupid, I need to buy a vowel. Yes. <laughs> All right, well, but, talk caller, where, where are you calling from, by the way, caller? Uh, Kentucky. Kentucky, oh, nice. Uh, what's your name, by the way? I didn't catch your name early on. Mark. Just your, Mark. Just your first name, man. Mark, yeah, Mark, thank you yeah. for calling in. Thanks for calling in, Mark, right. and uh, please keep listening and uh, keep calling in. We appreciate that call. Great call. All right, thanks. Well, there you go, well, guys. Now we, That's your answer. Yep, there there we got an answer. All right, cool. Uh, See, I, I, I'm not going to argue that answer. That was a great call. Thanks, Mark. So, yep, absolutely. Back to this picture here. Yeah. Go on. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I got to admit, it's 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 interesting. It's round. It's got lights, but um, I don't so know. So most uh, you stadiums know, is the problem. Exactly. <laughs> it could have been a round soccer stadium, or an oddly shaped football stadium, or it's an everything stadium, uh, for you know, for some school. There's no point of reference that we have here to try and you know move forward finding out what the story is. I think well the only the only thing that I think would uh, contradict it being a stadium uh, or reflections from a stadium light is a couple things. One, there's no beams hitting the ground that goes all the way up to the uh, to the lights, uh, so there's no shadowing down you know for with lights or anything. Uh, you, so you don't have that effect. Also, it's kind of still light out. So how would that be so bright? If that's a uh, kind of a reflection. Well, at some don't forget, don't forget. You know, a lot of uh, lights get turned on in a stadium before dusk because there's right. a game plan. Right, but no, I understand that, but it's still pretty light out in this picture. So I'm still saying, you know, how can it be that bright in the sky uh, when it's still that light out? As it gets huh. darker, maybe, but it's it's a weird picture. I, I think honestly, I, honestly, I think it's just Photoshop. Somebody just Photoshopped this and. Put it out there. But... Uh, that, does anybody else have any photos that can corroborate this one? Because apparently there's been a couple of photos about that Texas Borg cube that showed up from multiple witnesses. I don't know if you knew really? about Really? No, I did not. Yeah. Tell yeah, us, other guy. Tell us. There, well, apparently there's at least 15 different people from different angles taking photos and so far have no real relation to each other. Um that have shown up on the internet as well as in news and YouTube and you know all the all, all over the place. So I, I, I'm still saying that that thing might have been a little bit more than real, to say the least. Hmm. I mean, it looks very. Fu- it looked. I mean, you got to understand. You know, the photo does have some really good detail to it. But yeah, a little too good, I think. But I, I understand you're saying that. But with all these different people posting it, um. I'm, yeah, but you I'm, know how many people could be doing a hoax, you know, collaborating on, on a hoax? I mean, like, here's the thing. It looks too much like something out of Star Trek. That's my problem. It, it looks like a Borg cube. You know, that's kind of what it looks like to me. And I'm I not arguing with that. I take issues with that. Uh, now, the question that we've been posing here for a long time, and when we bring on Nancy in a few minutes, uh, we're going to ask her what she feels about this. And, uh, you know, if you guys want to call in and and give us your take on this question and uh, this article I'm going to read also from artbell.com uh, please call in and uh, let us know what you think What you think? Uh, 786-245-8127 is the call in number again check this out now it says here are aliens trying to contact us that's the question are they trying to make contact with us 
preferably me or you or everybody listening. Now, in the 1997 film Contact, which was an adaptation of the novel written by Carl Sagan, an uh, astrophysicist uh, played by Jodie Foster became the first human to make contact with an extraterrestrial civilization after detecting a strong pattern radio signal from outer space. Now, though it's fictional, the movie may have been prophetic for about the last 15 years, scientists have actually been detecting strange radio bursts from deep space that appears mathematical in nature. This is reported on New Scientist. The fact that they display a mathematical pattern is a linchpin. There are no known natural phenomenons capable of generating radio bursts with this kind of pattern. So either these radio represents uh, hmm. some uh, yet undiscovered celestial event, or they are being produced by some kind of technologically advanced civilization. In other words, if they do have a te- technological origin and they aren't being generated by us, that means that they could be signals from an extraterrestrial intelligence. Yes, that's right, aliens. Now, it goes on a little further, but we have another caller. 318, you're live on Skywatchers Radio. Welcome to the show. Radio burst from And lower your radio. Oh, oh, you're, oh it's me. I, it's I, you. I didn't know. Okay. So, well, we don't oh. screen calls. We'll let you call right in. All we ask you to do is not use any foul language, but we'll let you say your yes. piece otherwise. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Well, no, he hung up, other guy. I guess you're not paying oh, attention to the there. Yeah, he hung up. Uh, I, I guess he wasn't ready to be on air. He thought he was going to get screened. Uh, next time when he calls in, he's just going to get screamed at. But anyway, uh, Don, it says here, and I'm going to continue this article because it's, it's a fascinating article. It says here, the reason this may be the first you've heard about this uh, potential alien radio broadcast is that scientists still aren't entirely sure what to make of them. There are a lot of possible explanations that don't even involve little green men or actually it should be gray men. I mean, that's well, I'm thinking a couple of grays, explanations. Right? I'm, I'm thinking that there's a couple of reasons we don't hear about it. And one of the major ones is because they don't want to tell us truth, <coughs> truth embargo. <coughs> anyway, yeah, uh, no, fact... we, we don't know anything about that. <laughs> no, no, nothing about that. Uh, but the fact that scientists can't rule out the possibility of an alien origin is rather mind blowing, if not downright frightening. I would agree with that. I would definitely agree with that. And uh, you can read that article on artbuilt.com. And I want to pose this question to everybody listening tonight. Uh, Do you think that aliens are indeed trying to make contact with us? I mean, do you really think that is? And if that's the case, and if they're so advanced, if they're doing all this stuff to get contact to us, why don't they just show up and be like, hey, uh, we're here. Welcome to the club. I think they have been here. I think we have been contacted. Um, I think the government is keeping it secret one way or another, whether it's with or without uh, the, I'll just call them off-worlders' um, wants and desires. Um, right. I, I think that the government needs to keep it quiet, and I understand why, partially, to tell you the well, truth. Yeah, if, if you believe that they're actually keeping everything a secret and that there's a truth embargo going on, which we do, I do also. But here's the thing. I am. I'm pretty sure uh, if we're talking about infinite space, infinite amount of possibilities, maybe billions of planets with life out there that we have no idea about. Surely, there's going to be a civilization out there that just, on random chance, is just going to like you know land somewhere in the middle of a big town and be like, "Hey, this is a pretty nice planet we have here, uh, guy fellas. We're from uh, some star system uh, near the Pleiades or something. You know, you'd yeah, we're two light years away, and we just by hopped, accident we just hopped the nearest shuttle. 
Yeah, by accident they just would show up and, and try to make contact. I, you, know, you would think after billions of years, maybe something like that would happen. Uh, you know, the government can't be in contact with every single civilization of aliens that are that are out there. I mean, seriously, unless there really is a galactic federation of light, and they really are controlling everything above our skies. Well, you know, exactly. Who knows? And if who you do know, knows? folks, you can call in. That's right. That's right. But it's, now we got to go on commercial break. Yeah, whatever. We got to go on commercial break, and when we return, are you ready for the Nancy Burns experience? I am sort of ready for the Nancy Burns experience. Uh oh, it's coming. Nancy Burns. Okay. We're back in two. I know. I'm excited. This is Skywatchers Radio. James Swagger, host of Capricorn Radio. I'm also an author, engineer, and researcher. Capricorn Radio covers alternative history, alternative science, philosophy, and truth-oriented discussions. We are proud to be on the Dark Matter Radio Network live at 8 p.m. Saturdays, Eastern Standard Time. You can catch extra info on darkmatterradio.net, jameswagger.com for yours truly, CapricornMembers.com for the archives. Don't forget, truth is not democratic. Truth is truth. Roswell, UFOs, flying saucers, alien abduction. Are we alone? Information regarding this and many other questions about the unknown are only a click away at www.theufostore.com. Theufostore.com offers hundreds of DVDs about UFOs, aliens, crop circles, conspiracies, Bigfoot, suppressed science, ancient mysteries. Log on to www.theufostore.com and request a free UFO store catalog. Theufostore.com, the largest selection of UFO products on the Internet. The UFO phenomenon is we like it or not, is already very much part of our reality. I've been on panels with uh, military people who, you know, claim that they've seen the aliens buzzing our missile silos. They have very large eyes, and, you know, I found their stare extremely difficult to bear. This is Martin Willis, the host of Podcast UFO, and we are here on the Dark Matter Radio Network every Wednesday from 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It is my commitment to bring you an entertaining weekly show that takes a hard look at the UFO phenomena. Are they extraterrestrial? Well, are they interdimensional? Are they time travelers or something we have not even thought of yet? We explore these questions with interesting guests and witnesses from all around the globe. In addition, we bring you weekly UFO news with Open Minds TV, Alejandro Rojas. Thank you for listening, and remember, keep your eyes to the sky. 
put a team of professional consultants behind your home or business computer with key information solutions, providing solutions to your internet and computing needs while keeping you on the cutting edge of technology, preventative maintenance and networking support, hardware and custom built computers. Let key information solutions be your personal tech staff for your home or office with affordable hourly, monthly or annual rates to fit anyone's budget. Call Key Information Solutions now. 954-973-3374. That's 954-973-3374. Or visit keyinformation.com. Imagine no longer being tied down to your computer, but having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. TalkStream Live introduces our first ever iPhone application. The talk shows you follow now follow you. And your iPhone is now the fastest and easiest way to stay connected to the best talk radio on the Internet. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Mobile talk radio from TalkStream Live. Now available in the iTunes App Store. Alright everybody, we are back with the Nancy Burns experience right here on Skywatchers Radio. Nancy Burns, welcome back. Oh, thank you so much. It's nice to be back on the radio. Yes, it is. I'm joking because... It's been so I, long since you've been on the radio. I right know, this. I know. Well, <laughs> we do. We still have future theater, but we have sort of permanently shuttered the experience known as Bella Haven. Oh! little sad thing. but Somewhere Richard Hoagland is not sweating Oh, anymore. That's what I want to talk about, <laughs> among other things. I did bring you guys real news, and I want to talk about that, but I want to talk about it in conjunction with the Richard Hoagland uh, Other Side of Midnight show on this very same network. Okay? Okay. okay, uh, okay. I was finally able to listen to it because I wasn't doing my own show. And have you heard it lately? Yeah, I've heard a couple of the episodes. They're pretty good. Yeah, I know. I love the music. I love, I love the music. But I don't love Richard, and I'll tell you why. And that's what I, I want to talk Richard. about. Now, Richard, I, think I, lo- I, I love you, man. I can me, me, me and Richard Hogan, oh, oh, we have a bromance, me and Richard. Okay, There's so a bromance I to, going here. Yeah, I know. Everybody loves Richard, and he's a, he's a fun, comforting character, and I kind of compared him to Leo the Lion. He's just old. Ouch. They killed the lion, though. No, I know, that's, and that's why when people were really... What are you really, trying to do to poor... Richard C. Hoagland, man. It's... But I, I brought that up when people were beating up on him. And I think it helped. I think people stopped beating up on him. Because for a while there, they were just eating at him. You know, everything he did But was... it was so easy to beat up on him. But see, that's so what easy. I don't understand. Why do you got... Okay, I'm going to ask... I don't beat up on him. You, you've heard me... Jou- I might have verbally jousted with him, but you really never really heard me beating him up, did you? Yeah, no, actually, okay. he, was, he, was, he was tame, considering how he, he is with some guests. Uh, he was actually very polite to Richard. Yes, he was, and I was surprised because... I did not call Bat Squatch once. On I anything. Know, and that's my question for you tonight, because I have a real UFO story that will only stay real... 
as long as someone doesn't call bat squatch, right? And and guess what I did for you right. guys? What did you do for us? I posted Uh-oh. it all over face, Facebook. I posted it on the Skywatchers page. Um, nice. Um, I posted it on the PSN page. Nice. Okay, so people can see the thing I'm talking about because it's delightfully from the Black Vault. Maybe this is old news to you, but to me, this kind of came up new. Uh, for me this week, and I think it's something that I wanted to talk about. And the reason I want to talk about it and Richard C. Hoagland is two entirely different methods of research are in play here. Are we going to? Are we going to at least maybe agree on that? Sure. That, okay. Well, and, I don't know the details yet, so I can't agree. Well, let's just say we look at this thing that's in the Black Vault. It's a story from 1971. It's the kind of story that when I was doing UFO Magazine, I would get so excited about. This would be a cover story. Okay. Okay. There's a bunch of photographs that are taken in the Arctic in 1971 by a submarine. uh, Oh, that one. Yeah. And you know. Yeah, the black and white photos of the submarine, and there's no straight answer about who was captaining the ship. Okay. Yep. Yeah, I've seen and heard about this already. Yeah. Now Go on, in, I'll let I'll let you run with it. Well, in the old in the old days, this would be our meat and potatoes. Okay, we would do a whole issue on this. We would get every bit of information we could. Always looking for bat squatch. Always uh, trying to find a way to disprove this stuff because if it sits there, as in say some of the stuff that Bruce Maccabee did, uh, the J A L story for example uh nobody can disprove it it stays as a real possibility that something horrible and otherworldly and everything but everything that hoagland does is easily disproved with the slightest bit of googling and so why is he so popular okay why does anybody follow him some of the stuff is valid like what yeah well name some of the things that have been completely disproven by google it let's go over some you mean Hoagland? Yeah. Uh, that there's a library on Pluto. Well, that has not been actually answered yet. Nobody okay. knows that. But Have we been to Pluto <laughs> with men and, and answered this particular question, Nancy? I understand. Did we know plot. of? Right. We don't need, look, that we know of, we haven't even stepped foot on the moon in years. So there, no man has gone to Pluto and disproven Richard yeah. Hoagland's claims. But then if you're just saying. I know, I know. I understand this, and I understand how you are basically becoming a film... I'm a fanboy. No, you're becoming a film scholar. If you wanted to hang up your jackal hat, you could put on a little... Oh, I like that. The jackal hat. Yeah, I like that. I'm going to put put that on my uh, store. I'm going to make a little hat and put the jackal hat. Yeah, you should. And then, but see, then you you could get a hipster scarf, you know, hipster little round sunglasses. <laughs> and you could be a film scholar. You can go from place to place giving lectures on film because you could talk about it all. And in that vein, that's where you place Hoagland, I think, in entertain as a, absolutely fabulous entertainment, right? Well, he, yeah, but look, Art Bell's entertaining. No, Hoagland's entertaining. Th- There's a lot of people that, yeah. that we listen to on radio that are entertaining. There's That's some- why they're on radio. But there's but, something- that does, but hold on, but that does not take away from, from their yes. research or from what they've been speaking about. And here's the thing: yeah, look, some of the some of the stuff that Richard uh, has spoken about in the last thirty years might not be true. They might be true. The stuff with Pluto, we, well, wait, we can't wait, prove wait, that one way or the other. But here's the thing: it might be true from his perspective. Right, but- as we've learned now from the great Obi Wan Kenobi, everything is seen through a certain point of view. 
That's very Zen. That's very lovely. But that perspective would be normally medicated. It's a great Jedi Master, Nancy. Great Jedi medicated Master. Medicated and put away as, you know, your crazy Uncle Lou. You know, he's he thinks Luke. there are, you know, he, in other words. I remember. I understand the, the entertainment part, but let's talk about Art Bell tonight. Tonight, Bill's going to be on, my husband Bill, and Jim Sanders. And Here's Jim- a question for you, Nancy. Hold on. Not to cut you off, Nancy. <laughs> Funny. But but you- here, here's a question. Here's a question for you before you continue. What is the difference then between Bill Burns and Richard C. Hoagland? Oh, sigh. Sigh, sigh. <laughs> Fabulous question. Exactly. Fabulous question. And we could compare, hold on, and we could compare endlessly name after name after name that has the same kind of background or similar, uh, you know, thing that they do in no, ufology. No, uh, you can no, compare a lot of folks. No. You can check every aspect of Bill's background. Everyone. You can see pictures when he was in NYU, when he got his PhD. I mean, it all exists on the public records. I've Everything. seen the Enterprise mission. I've seen pictures of Richard Hoagland holding up a sign with the uh, face on Mars with much darker hair. So I know he was doing stuff back then. I've seen him younger, older. I've seen lectures all over the place. And he has ties with NASA that, you know, they've even admitted to in the past. So it's not like he's lying about those things. His credentials do check out for the most part. For so the most part. It's, it's, it's not like we're talking about – it's not like we're talking about Bob Lazar here who, you know, the government went out of their way to say, no, this guy never worked for us. We don't even know who this guy is. You know what? Um, we could go on and on about this, but let's just say for argument's sake that we try to do broad strokes because I don't have <laughs> the entire two hours to, to talk about it. And I, I would say that when you let known hoaxers hoax uh, in the UFO field, you are doing a disservice to the people who are going to be spending the next three or four years trying to research this Arctic case, for example, like Black Vault. These people do right. not get... The the excitement goes away when you can make a story up that has unicorns in it or, you know, uh, creatures that come down and advise that this is how we should run our planet. Stuff like that. I mean, mm-hmm. jump rooms. Yeah, Zachariah, Zachariah Sitchin and yeah. Drew Bissagio, these type of folks. But look, that's a little bit different because here's the thing with uh, especially the Andrew Bisaggio uh, stuff. He was on Art Bell recently. I loved and- it. I loved the show. And I'm trying to come to grips with listening to Richard C. Hoagland and because I love the space music Here- as it starts. Oh, it's awesome. Here's the thing. With like with Andrew Bisaggio's story, for example, it, it, it's a little harder for me to believe the stuff that he's talking about uh, for, the, for a couple of different reasons. For one, uh, if any of these projects that the government are supposedly carrying out, uh, if any of this stuff is true, Okay, if this stuff is so classified and so black budget and this stuff is happening and they don't want anybody to know about this, the moment this guy goes on any radio show anywhere and says this stuff is happening, they're going to kill him. So the fact that he's alive, walking around, doing these radios, right, and, and, it's and tough Jim, for me to believe and, this story. It really and, is. It's and tough. Jim Sanders tonight on Art Bell will show that if you know how to work the, F, the FOIA stuff properly, you can get stuff out of the government. Of course. You yeah, can yeah, yeah, the Freedom of Information Act, you know, you can yank out all sorts of things that you don't want to know about or you're not supposed to ever know about. And the Roswell folk have found that Stanton Friedman has made a career out of tricking them and finding the details that they right. don't – that are hiding in plain sight. And that's right. what we do. But see, with, you know, some of our fantastic 
uh, storytellers, nobody has found anything ever, but the stories just go on and on and on. I just find it interesting, and I, w- I want to ask you guys, how does your belief system, how does it feel satisfied when you absolutely know it's not the truth? Like a movie, maybe. Is it sort of like that? You, do- you suspend disbelief and say, I'm going to go with it? Or do you think... Okay. Okay. Why do you think I have the word Batsquatch? Yeah, why? Because if I think it's bunk, I'm going to point it out. But you didn't. You didn't. When Richard C. was on, you had a lot of questions and you pulled We had questions, but there was nothing that he was saying that was completely bunk. Hold on. He did say a couple of interesting things which didn't make me call Batswatch. First thing is is that he he's right. You know, the actual orbit of Pluto is about 28 degrees off of just about every other planet's orbit around the sun. And then on top, means, and that means absolutely nothing right now because we don't have the answer as to why. So I'm not going to say he, you know, the aliens did it. They moved it out of place or anything like that. Also, there was some interestingly odd mountainous or oddly shaped regions of Pluto as right. satellite. Right, right. But then you know, and we're talking about a planet. We're talking about a planet or, or a dwarf planet or a planetoid or whatever that is not supposed to have anything on its surface like that. And this, yeah, th- but this the thing six, had. But the six hours about the flyby were never about the fun stuff that, for example, there's a science guy. I think he calls himself the science guy. Um, who, Bill Nye? At, no, Astro Guy, I think he calls himself, where he was talking on um, uh, Steve Bateman's show, Dark City. He was talking right. just this past week about it, and it's fascinating, or even any of the scientists that you know can talk about this is fascinating stuff. But the fact that the six hours led up to a library there, put there by the aliens you know, from the plot of 2001, you say to yourself, this has not been a good use of my six hours. But you, you heard all six of them, didn't you? No, 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 I did not. <laughs> I did not. I did not. Well, look, in his, in his defense, I did a, a, once a long time ago, back in 2008 or nine. Uh, on Block Talk Radio of all places, I did about a five or six hour broadcast, and the whole thing was about movies and and uh, stupid stuff like music, you know, nothing important. So you know that was junk. He actually spent it on something that is happening scientifically that's important. Whether he, he came to a conclusion, science. whether he, yeah, but whether he comes to a conclusion that there's a library on Pluto, how he got to that conclusion, well, that's for Richard C. Hoagland to explain. And again, we have not stepped foot on Pluto, so we can't prove it or disprove it. Because you guys invented the word Batsquatch, Alan, and on PSN, you know, on Skywatchers, it's the I Sky. I, I, I think I should trademark that name and start making shirts for it. To- we should. Yeah. We, should. Yeah, we should. I just I just feel that sometimes you don't pick up the uh, gauntlet enough. Well, Somebody's so no, well, no I, I don't know about that. Well, be, before before he came on, Angel did warn me to tread a little bit lightly because it's one of his heroes. Um. So I'm I'm not I'll okay. take the blame for it if I need to, but you know some of the stuff I'm gonna let someone talk and say their piece. If I have an issue though, I'm gonna point it out. Me too. Me too. I can't help myself. I can't help myself. But anyway, I didn't really I didn't really warn you to not be harsh on Richard Hoagland. I mean, I just said, hey, it's Richard Hoagland, epic. Well, I think you took that. No, as, no, yes, oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. You did say, you did say that. What about Zach I, I do apologize. Huh? That's you know, the way I just phrased it, you know, it's not that 
you know, I mean, look, I did say that this is a person that I've looked up to for a long time. I've seen all his lectures. I've researched Richard Hoagland's uh, work. Yeah, a lot of it is a little spacey, pun intended. It's a little bit out there, (laughs) pun intended. But guess what? Again, a lot of it is stuff that we cannot prove or disprove one way or the other. So it's like everything. You got to take it with a grain of salt and just look at it as a scientific. I disagree. Like take Well, until we step foot on Pluto, we cannot prove that there's a library there. That's exactly. I'm, I'm gonna. I'm gonna lean towards that. That's one, a yeah. fact. That's a but, fact. But Nancy. guys, There's we can. No way around that. We can try to go to the original NASA photos and try to figure out: Did Richard C. Hoagland get all mixed up in pixelation problems? Because you guys, even know Photoshop well enough to know some of that stuff is crazy. That there are cities all on the moon and on Mars because you see all those little squares and all those right angles. You're not supposed to see. Yeah, those but he got it from. JPL. No, 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 no. That's not why I believe there might be some. No, 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 no. There, there's some real footage and photos of anomalies on the surface of the moon as well as on Mars that cannot be dismissed away blindly. Okay, I'm sorry. Okay, okay. Get, you know, let's uh, that stuff. I love. I absolutely love. But it's when you can oh, but apparently s- for you it can't be possible on Pluto, but it can be possible on the moon and Mars. Is that what you're no, saying? No, 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 no. What I'm saying is when Richard first presented this whole concept. I had learned at this point enough about Photoshop to find out that, in fact, he was making humongous Photoshop mistakes. That was the problem, you know, putting filters on things. And then other people were doing the same thing with reptilian eyes when they would, you know, when a digitized film would suddenly or digitized bit of uh, data would suddenly stop on your screen. And people thought, oh, my God, it's the reptilians. I can see the eyes, the red, you know, the you remember that whole era? See, that's laughable now. That, see, what, what, we, what we need to do. Uh, Alan, is we need to get Nancy Burns on Richard C. Hoagland's show never, as a guest. Never, never. No, I'll tell well, you. That's what, what we need. That's what we need right there. <laughs> He'll never let you on. No, no, no. That's wonderful, and I would never speak to him because the times I've tried to speak to him, he doesn't. You know, he holds court. So why do why bring up the topic of him instead of talking about other UFO related stuff? Because like the story that I that I had on earlier, which is much or more here's fascinating. Even better, you could talk about his UFO topics. Just don't call him out by name. Because he has a hugely popular show that <laughs> uh-huh. I really would like to get hooked on. I uh-huh. think, you see, and I'm trying to find out why do two intelligent guys like him. Maybe you can, you can because you know that you're not, you know, there are no shreds of truth that you can then, re, you know, research in the morning. We all know that. Truth. Skeptical. I am skeptical, but I'm willing to listen to someone's perspective. I might not agree with it, but I'll happily listen and let them share their perspective with me. Like I wasn't right. drinking the, the Kool-Aid. Look, yeah, here's I the was. thing, Nancy. Here, here's the thing. On this very show, we've had people like Stan Romanek on, right? So let's just say that uh, we'll, we'll have anybody on. But seriously, though, Richard is a different level of a guest. He has been around for a very long time. If anybody was going to go after him and debunk him and destroy him, they would have done it by now. The fact is that I haven't seen anybody do that yet. I mean, I haven't seen. Oh my goodness! Yeah, you wanna, I wanna, maybe you there's know? yeah maybe somebody yeah. with their own perspective on why this cannot be a structure on the moon. Remember oh, the guy well. that we have not had on yet, and I'm dying to talk to him. I think his name is Heiser, Michael Heiser. Michael, yeah, Doctor Michael Heiser. He's the one who did the really lengthy video, right? Of. Um, well, yeah, his was uh, against the uh, ancient aliens and Zechariah. Right. Yeah, so yeah, so yes, there's been that level done with Richard, but Richard's entertaining, and Zechariah, I guess, is getting on in age, right? 
Dead. Well, he's dead, he's dead? Nancy. Oh, dead. okay. Dead. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, he's getting on an age, all right. Yeah. The closest, the closest <laughs> age of Aquarius. That's where he's getting right now. But no, no. The the closest person we have to Stitchin's perspective is Von Daniken at this point. Right. That's who I'm thinking of. And quite frankly, we don't need any more Leo the Lion. So let's let all our lions have their reins, right? And I, I whoever did the music. Uh, for Richard's show. I would love to learn more about it. Um, I think Saucy Rossi, our little friend Saucy Rossi, who is a Bill Gabber, is, uh, stepped up and became the producer. And he also, Saucy Rossi, uh, um, well, it doesn't matter. Another really great song that so Argo plays. They call themselves Saucy Rossi? Yeah, that's his name on uh, Bell Gab. Saucy Rossi. It's a guy. Saucy Rossi. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> not ju- I'm not judging. He's very okay. good. I mean, it, I don't know whether. Okay, I haven't listened to the the Hoagland show, but what what I I finally did. I thought it was fabulous. I don't know how the show started, whether it was exactly the same or whether Saucy Rossi just slipped into a Mercedes and turned it on and went going with it, or whether it's become you know. But anyway, just I think the whole network is doing really well. Don't you guys think that? I'm pretty excited. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And, you know, so you guys are leading in tonight, and we're nervous as kittens. I am nervous. Bill's not nervous, but I'm nervous about the show tonight. Bill because... Burns is going to be on Art Bell tonight, folks. That's I know. Right. Bill yeah. Burns is going to be Art's guest tonight. How's yeah. Bill holding up? Is he he's, nervous? He could, you know, he's, no, he never gets <laughs> nervous. He's he's born for this, but I'm used to the to, uh, what we call trolls. <laughs> trolls. You guys. Oh, yeah. Have have warned me. Do not go there. Do not bother. And do not I feed the trolls. Nancy I know. Me. And I always go and I do. And then I come back yes, crying. Oh, they'd be so mean. <laughs> so tonight I might have to watch TV instead and listen to um, just listen as a listener, not not read anything. <laughs> Don't be an active participant. Let yeah. him do his thing. But I'm going to keep on with this Arctic thing. By the way, this is uh, it can be found on all of the sites now on um, PSN Radio as well as Skywatchers. Facebook. I'm trying to learn Facebook. And I'm yes. um, going to keep researching this because um, you guys have never had Black Vault Guy on. John Greenwald, has he been on the show? No, he has not been on the show. Yeah, no, we no. need to get him. We need to rope him into the experience. <laughs> Talking to us. Yeah. So anyway, so I'll I... will try and reach out to him. I've actually, I've actually oh, cool. got him. Super. Super. Yeah. So and Nancy... Um... Miss the radio already. I've, I want to talk all the time. But I can't. So I know, I know yeah. you do. <laughs> here's here's a question from earlier on the show Ed, that that we talked about. And we posed to the audience, and uh, I said I was going to ask you. Uh, so let's segue back into some ufology for a second before we let you go for the, for the night. Uh, you know, the, I read an article that's on Artball.com right now, uh, talking about how aliens are trying are they trying to make contact with us because right, right. apparently SETI has been getting these signals. Uh, that were mathematical in equation, and you know, you know, this is leading them to believe that this is actually the signals that we've been waiting for all this time. Uh, now, my question is, if they're so advanced, and we're talking about beings that are so much more advanced than we are, why would they go that route? And here's the thing, again, you know, why hasn't one of them just randomly just landed somewhere and made themselves known? Uh, because I'm pretty sure the government doesn't have track on all the races out there. If well, I don't think they. Yeah, okay, so um, a shout-out to Chris Brown, our friend Chris Brown, okay? Christopher Brown, yes. Christopher yeah, Brown. we had him on last week, yeah. Right, and as you know, he's passionate about what he saw, therefore, and his son saw it also. 
Therefore, it's either a complete government thing. Our government has something really, really fun that they like to play with people about. That's what or, I think, right? Right. You do think that this one might be a government thing? This thing that has gold dust on it and liquids? Do you really think the government would do anything that elegant? I do not yes. think so. I do yes, not think I, so. I, I the do. government. These are guys. These are not uh, part of the alien mind. Might be that beauty matters, and this sounds like something so beautiful. It's otherworldly. So therefore, I think yes. I think aliens are in contact. Um, why wouldn't they be? They're probably social. If they're advanced, they might have a sense of humor. They may have a billion ways to contact a billion different people, and they have no agenda. They have no rush. Okay, they could care less. Um, that's maybe what it is. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Possibly. Yeah, and shout out to Lucy Hint, too. Yeah, as Bella Haven just closed itself up, those two guys really helped me out. So it, so it's official Excellent. then. It, it's done. Bella Haven is done. I think it was an experiment whose time came and whose time just kind of went. And you know, you see the writing on the wall. Um, not Don't like no foul onto bigger and better things. Yeah, that's what I think. I feel like you know it would be sort of like dragging along, um, you know, a zombie. No offense to all the people who love it, and I did love it, but it became. <laughs> Liver. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just got, Spleen. you know, my. Spleen. Spleen. Anyway. Well, my, my little granddaughter plays Plants vs. Zombies forever. She plays it for hours, you know, on the iPad. If you guys know what that it's is, where the zombies. Yeah, it's an addicting game. That's <laughs> it. We plugged it. They have to pay us now. They, we plugged oh. it. They have to pay us now. We need royalties. That's right. Christopher Brown, you're live on Skywatcher's radio. What's up, buddy? Oh, Christopher. Hey, hi, Nancy. How are you doing? Speaking of the devil. Oh, there I am. <laughs> and the devil <laughs> shall appear. That's right. Uh, we did. We and behold. We had our time, Nancy. You know, we had a good little run. You know, so so darn right. I was I was glad to to help you out and and um, uh, shout out. Yeah, we have to do something else. I don't know what it's going to be. We'll come up with something fun at a better time, perhaps. I'm I'm you know I've been getting my sleep caught up. And yeah. yourself, and you're in the West Coast, so it's in the West Coast, yeah. And so I, I got the three hours on you, and I really don't know how you do it, you know, because you've got everything going: your grandma, your mom, your wife, and you're all that, and you're 68 years old, and you're up till I, I don't know how you do it because uh, I'm crashing out right after the show here in the West. A little, Coast. Uh, little oh. point of advice uh, there, Chris. Never mention a lady's age or that she's I, your grandma. Well, Live on no, radio. I'm proud of all that. I'm really proud <laughs> of that. I've, Says it all the time. So listen, I uh, I've earned it, and if this were if we were in a tribe, they would be putting me out on the ice floor right around now, saying, "Fend for yourself. It's time to you know, it's time to die." <laughs> yeah. So you're the same so, age as my mom. So, oh, so that's so nice. I, I understand that, and yeah, and I try to get on Richard C. Hoagland's show too, you know, but I don't know if that's going to happen after last night's deal. So. What happened well, last night? What happened well, last I night? I tried yeah. to call Dr. J, get a hold of that, but but it didn't really go real smooth. So, what? did you lob a hand grenade in the middle of the conversation? I lobbed a hand grenade. No, uh, at the end of the show, and it just kind of really didn't work out there. So I what sent was the, to, What was the hand grenade? Uh, was it? Did K. they come at you with pitchforks and torches, or no. just baseball bats? No, it was just just a hand grenade of Dr. J. I guess <laughs> putting the hammer on the on the hangout. Chris, oh. did you hear what Angel said? He thinks your orb might be government. I it might be. It's possible. Yes, it might be. And so here's I, the thing. Here's the thing, Nancy. 
we have to understand that there is every possibility of what this thing could be. The possibilities are endless, really. It could be alien, it could be a natural phenomenon, it could be a governmental thing. I mean, it could be a number of wow, different things. Wow, it could things. be we a mushroom just... phenomenon. Yeah. It yeah. could be, you never know. Yeah. Wow. Wouldn't it be Who funny knows? if, in fact, it is something from the Middle Earth and it's like one of their mushroom probes or something? I guess we should open our minds and consider exactly. more things. Yeah. Exactly. By the way, we have only a few more minutes before yep. we go on break and get our guest Christopher Giratano on and talk about the Montauk Chronicles. But we have one more caller who just joined the show here. Caller, you're live on Skywatchers Radio 614. Welcome to the show. Awesome. This is James from London. Nancy. James. You've had an awesome show. Uh, I from love London. You I don't hear the Burns. London accent. No, yes. it's London, Ohio. She knows where I'm Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. That's okay. Oh, yeah. Um, kind of London. Name. I got to I got to give shout out to both her and Bill. Uh Future Theater. I listened to it and I went through the PSN radio network to see mm-hmm. the back one. Yeah. Awesome show. Uh I'm going to miss Bella Haven. I'm going to be honest with you. Mm, and uh, I'm I'm very proud that I'm one of your uh, past my, things that I can. You're one of my discoveries. Out. Well, now folks should know that you're going to be on next week's Future Theater, and it's going to be a show about PTSD, and it's with John Liebert and a fellow named last name Eisenhower, who has been unjustly incarcerated. He should have been treated. And it yep. shows up. Yep. And, this, and uh, now, James, you sound fabulous with your new headphones. <laughs> well, I got to tell you, I got to tell you for real, um, it's because of you I met an awesome dude, Chris. Um, got to give a shout out to him. Uh, Angel, I've heard your show because of her. Um, my condolences on that. Nancy. But listen, but James, James, tonight, tonight, the guy I want you most to hear is James Sanders. He's the guy. I'm gonna listen. I'm gonna but listen. listen. But listen, it won't listen. come. It won't come up in tonight's show. But James Sanders is the guy who has never let the POW thing drop. That's how Bill met Corso through James Sanders and the POW story. Because Corso was trying to help get that story out. The the men left behind for the whole Manchurian candidate programs. Well, Lots of them. James Sanders, the, you're going to love him. The interesting thing is, I told you off air about what I've done, both right. militarily right. and as a federal, in my different federal agencies. And anyways, it, it, okay. it never morphed into where it should have went. But anyways, besides that, I'm, I'm just proud to have met you and your husband. I'm glad... Um, We've made contact, and I trust you, and I actually trust Angel listening to this. This is the first time I've listened to your show, Angel. So oh, i got to wow. tell you that. Oh, and thanks, I, I, I like that. I don't respect. count. Yeah, you're the other guy. Well, I don't, I, I don't I'm the other I guy. Don't I don't count. Name, buddy. No, no, no. It's no, no. Like he's that. the other guy. Oh, he's goodness. just the, he's the other guy. That's all. That's all you got to know. Really? Really? We're going to go that's high school on this? No. <laughs> I. You know what? I, I, I'm just trying to be real with you guys. It's It's been a pleasure and if it wasn't for nancy and bella haven after learning about it on bell gab i wouldn't have known any of you guys yeah, so I just, that, yeah i'm just giving you a shout out and a love a friendship love to all you guys and I, you don't know me and nancy does a little bit she's seen my pictures and everything so it is what it is god bless and have a great night and i'll thank listen all together thank you. thank you for calling thank you 
You see that? We, we did some oh. good. You see that? Mm-hmm. We did, yes. Nancy. <laughs> and yeah. now, guys, we got to get going because we have uh, Christopher waiting Yay! in the wings. I can't wait. We're going to have Christopher on, the too, so Montauk have fun. Chronicles. Be a so film much. critic, Angel. Talk about the film, too. I can't wait to hear. Oh, I will. I will. Yeah. We'll be okay. right back. Now you can share the topics that drive the discussions of your favorite talk shows with TalkStream Live's topic-driven talk radio. List and promote real-time talk radio topics or post the topics that you want to hear. Hot topics are tweeted and retweeted and include simple click-to-listen audio links. The future of talk radio is topic-driven talk radio. Available now at TalkStreamLive.com. 4,734 UFO sightings in 2007. 854 abductions by aliens or unknown species reported by American and British citizens. Hundreds more unreported in 2007. Suppressed information about collisions with passenger aircraft and UFOs that has been kept from the public knowledge for years. And only one trusted source of information from some of the top UFO researchers in the world. Exclusive information that cannot be found anywhere else on the planet. Trusted, connected, accurate. The UFOStore.com. Expand your personal library with fast shipping and instant downloadable information from the largest selection of UFO products on the internet by going to theufostore.com or call on the 24-hour, 7-day-a-week order line at 541-523-2630. The truth is out there, and theufostore.com has it. James Swagger, host of Capricorn Radio. I'm also an author, engineer, and researcher. Capricorn Radio covers alternative history, alternative science, philosophy, and truth oriented discussions. We are proud to be on the Dark Matter Radio Network live at 8 pm Saturdays, Eastern Standard Time. You can catch extra info on darkmatterradio.net, jameswagger.com for yours truly. CapricornMembers.com for the archives. Don't forget, truth is not democratic. Truth is truth. Look up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. No, it's SupermanHomePage.com, the number one Superman fan site in the world. SupermanHomePage.com, covering the world of Superman from the 1930s to today. News, reviews, rumors, and reports. SupermanHomePage.com, for all your Superman comics, TV shows, movies, cartoons, radio shows, and more. Everything you ever wanted to know about the Man of Steel and more. SupermanHomePage.com.
And we're back live on Skywatchers Radio with our guest, the director of the Montauk Chronicles himself, Christopher Gertano. Thank you for coming back on the show so soon. But man, let me tell you, after I saw the Blu-ray, three times now I sat through the uh, the entire thing. Uh, it, it's much better than I expected. I will say that right off the bat. Uh, and not because I didn't think you had skills as a director, my friend. I, not That's not the case at all. Uh, but just because of the fact that it's so well put together that this could have been like a theatrical documentary. That's how well put together this is. But welcome back to the show, man. It's so so good to have you back on with us. Thank you so much, and I really appreciate that's how you feel about my picture. I, I like it, too, and that's why I put it out in the world. Now, let's go over some of the things here. Uh, that we, that we go you know over the documentary. Let's go over some of the main parts of the documentary. Uh, obviously, there's some stuff in there that's very graphic in nature, like you have the alien in between some of the scenes with uh, the fangs sticking out and stuff, and the editing is made to look horror movie style, right? That, that's kind of the, the idea you were going for because this is a very strange, bizarre, horrific story, if true, of what these people went through. So that's the tone of the movie. And after watching it a couple times, I could see why you restarted the project. Because, you know, last time you were on the show, you said you told us that you had something almost finished and you just started from scratch all over again. And I can understand why you would do that because it's a hard tone to get with a story like this. Uh, Tell us about why you chose to go this route, though, and make it really horrific in nature when you're tying in the entire story together. Because it's one of the few documentaries of this nature that I've seen actually going almost a horror film type of route. Right. Well, the previous version uh, had a lot of horror elements to it. The, the problem I had with the previous version is just I, was, I wasn't happy with it overall. And um, to me, early inca earlier incarnations of the story that were told, I guess, either through books or uh, just a few times on the Internet before I started, I mean, it was really kind of still obscure in 06 when I started it, um, they kind of read as this, you know, whimsical sci-fi adventure. And I'm like, right. wait a second, there were hundreds of thousands of kids murdered. How is this translating <laughs> to an adventure story? You know, right, right. to me, it's a, it's a total horror show. And I, you know, I have a background in horror movies mainly. I mean, that's what I, what I grew up loving. And, and I started off as a special effects makeup artist as a kid. So horror movies definitely are my primary interest in, in regard to fiction. And I just, you know, I think all of that came together in one place. But mainly it was because this really truly is a horror story. And I think I actually toned it down and stylized it because if I put it out exactly how it may have happened nobody would be watching i mean it's 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 you it know, imagine rated x or yeah oh, yeah. Not it. yeah you you needed to spice it up and spice it up yet tone it down at the same time sure yeah no a real depiction of what happened would be illegal i think that's how brutal it would be it would um, be nearly illegal sounds like the movie caligula no yeah but a worse lot, a lot worse <laughs> i've yeah. seen caligula I, you know even i i saw a movie uh, by Pascal Laguerre, that movie Martyrs. Did you ever see that movie? No. Yeah, that was really no, interesting. No, can't say I Yeah, it, well, it had Montauk elements to it, uh, but even then, I think that was stylized, and, um, you know, they. I don't think it could be shown, to tell you the truth. I think the true violence in a situation like this couldn't be shown on the screen. It would be literal torture for the viewer. Now, the the camp itself or the base where this took place supposedly uh, goes all the way back to the Revolutionary War, right? This place has been in this location for that long? 
Yes, it has. Yeah, it's been a place of interest for that long, you know, um, okay. past that, uh, during the Spanish-American War. This was a place where Roosevelt came back with the Rough Riders, and they used it as kind of a quarantine or a place to chill out after that uh, excursion. And then, you know, fast-forwarding all the way, uh, just around World War II, you know, it was uh, Fort Hero, then it became Camp Hero, and there was a group of soldiers on that ground, uh, and they were disguised as a fishing village to the people in the town of Montauk. I think the people in town knew exactly what was going on, but they would just, you know, call themselves this kind of covert fishing village, very mysterious, cover everything up until later on where it was publicly declared as a, a you know, an Air Force base. You know, because during right. World War II, it was the Army Air Corps, then, then it became the, the U.S. Air Force. Uh, so, you know, going further and further to the 70s, the technology that was in, ter in terms of public record that was being developed became defunct because of satellite technology. So they say the Air Force moved out, and that's when the gentlemen involved in the alleged Montauk experiments say this covert operation moved into the facility, the covert facility that was deep beneath the surface. You know, you had the topside facility that was doing topside operations. And then the new version, uh, the, the, the second volume, Ghosts of Montauk, which I actually already started shooting uh, last week, I have footage, some really great footage. Oh, uh, really? Yeah, from public archives of what was going on at Camp Hero during that time. Black and white footage of them doing missile tests, all sorts of really cool stuff. Uh, and I'm going to show that in the film. Now, the reason I asked if it's been around for that long, uh, when were the first, or were there any reported stories similar to what happened with these folks uh, at Montauk? Was there anything before them that may have leaked out of similar events? Not similar to this particular story, no. I right. mean, you know, I, there was a covert nature to the, to the area. Um, you know, they say that there was stockpile of weapons. It does have a history. Washington was out there. Roosevelt was out there. You know, Theodore Roosevelt. Um, you know, it has a history with the natives in the area. They apparently claimed it was a powerful area. So a lot of people were attracted to it. But I think in terms of public record or anything going on or any strange operations, it was really just the Air Force uh, that inhabited the place for a while. And then when they were moving out, it is said that another facility, you know, another group facilitated the lab or the many-leveled base underneath the surface. Hmm. Now, Stuart Swerdlow's uh, portion of the uh, movie is by far, I think, the most riveting part of the whole thing uh, because he really got in depth of, to what was happening to him uh, it, during the uh, the experiment. Uh, how was how was it interviewing him face to face, you know, one on one, and uh, you know, how long did it take to actually put down everything that he spoke about? And is there stuff that was cut out uh, that will never see the light of day? Well, I shot roughly. Over 300 hours of footage. It's a two-hour movie. My goodness. Wow. So, and that's in between 2006 and then when I started the new version in 2013. So all collectively, all those hours adds up to about 300 hours. So um, I shot two interviews, you know, main interviews over the course of a few days with Stuart. One in 06 and one in 2013, in the spring of 2013. And that's the one you see in the film. When I first met him, it was just after I met uh, Preston and Al in 06. Mm -hmm. So it was such a drastic uh, difference in terms of 
you know, atmosphere because Al and Preston were very similar and they, they lived as hermits. As you can see, they were kind of strange and um, very much loners. In Stewart's case, he's a family man, lives in a nice affluent neighborhood. You know, he's sober. He's, you know, takes care of his family, uh, has a lot of friends, a lot of supporters, you know, a man of the community. So it was a, it was a big difference. So then you have this man who is telling me the same tale that the other two guys are telling me. And, and again, I went into this not as a scientist, not as a guy who was deep into conspiracy. Honestly, I, it wasn't that popular in the beginning of 06, I remember, because it just wasn't as nearly as popular as it was maybe five years later. So, or even just the groups of people that are really devouring every conspiracy that's out there and, and, and feeding it and giving it life. So at that time... It wasn't, it wasn't a big thing. It was still on the, uh, the fringes. And so being there and seeing this situation kind of blew my mind because I was waiting to see if I could shake him a little bit or see if he was lying or maybe all three guys got together. And it just didn't strike me as that type of situation. Nor did I see any way where or any good reason why they were doing this because they weren't selling books in droves and they weren't right. making tons of money off of this. So why... You know, I don't know why would you yeah, tell well, when a lie you, like when you this? look at when you look like a, a like a Preston Nichols, for example, when you look at some of these guys, you can tell they're not exactly rolling in dough. I mean, these guys are not making a, a killing uh, with this story. Right, so no. if, if, if they're not trying to do it, they, look, if they're trying to make money off of the story, they're failing bad because they're, they're, they're just it's not there. Uh, now, I will say this though, uh, you know, considering the the sources that were on the video, the interviews, um, Stewart is the only one that I think they came off as. Uh, I don't know he, he's a little bit different from the other gentleman in the as the aspect that he's also a medical uh, intuitive. Um, you know he's a clairvoyant as he claims. He has uh, abilities to see uh, the uh, different fields and and all these different abilities that he has. Uh, the other gentlemen don't exactly share his uh, his abilities uh, per se. I mean, have you found that he is kind of unique from all the the uh, people that probably you know that were at Montauk? I think the way Stewart stands out is that he, you know, his claim is that he was a Montauk boy and right. that he survived the programming. You know, he, he did. He was beaten. He, did, he, had, he does claim to have been beaten and mm. drugged and brought in through these horrible situations where, you know, I mean, I know a lot of people don't want to talk about these things, but the boys weren't only beaten. A lot of the times they were, you know, sexually abused. So. Uh, or at least uh, allegedly, because I can, we can't prove this right now. But right. the fact the fact is that his story is you know he he's currently doing a lot. I've had time to observe him, and he is currently out there working very hard, spending an enormous amount of hours. Uh, and I've been to some of his lectures, and they are akin to college courses. You know, they last maybe six to eight hours. Um, it's Dude, really nothing. Oh, yeah, there's nothing glamorous about it. They're literally, Stuart, teaching you, going over everything, just like a college class. And they have these weekend seminars. So it doesn't strike me as a guy who's lying. He puts too much work into it. So at the very least, if you're not going to believe his story, you've got to believe that uh, he believes it. Because the, I, it just doesn't, it doesn't jive with somebody who's lying. You know, someone who's lying might make it like an easygoing weekend. Everyone gathers around. They'll have a few conversations, a glass of wine. No, this man spends weeks, months preparing. And then, you know, the, the, 
the lectures that I've literally sat in on, you know, many times, this, he's, he's teaching stuff, like just so much detail. And I'm not saying I can confirm it as real. All I know is what I see. And if it right, is a lie, right. he's putting more effort into the lie and getting very little out of it. You know, so I, it, it's, it's very, it's, it's mind boggling to tell you the truth. I still haven't been able to put a finger on all of this, but I feel like something has happened. I feel like these gentlemen were part of something. Um, I just don't know how much of it, how much of their memories, especially in regard to a lot of the real fantastic stuff that can be applicable to science fiction was real. Now I believe in extraterrestrial contact. I just, just the story that was originally told seems to me like this very Z-grade science fiction serial, you know, with the monster at the end and everyone saves the day. It seems so written to me. So well, here's, I, the, here's the thing, and, and I follow exactly where you're going with that. Uh, I have actually a very uh, similar thought process when it comes to this whole thing. Uh, because when we're dealing with the government and when we're dealing with mind control manipulation, which is what these guys were dealing with uh, in sexual, you know, rape and, and torture and all these other things that were happening to these folks. Uh, but the mind control manipulation is the most important part of this thing. They could, you know, they being the government or the people who are doing these things, they can make them believe that anything is happening to them, uh, including that aliens are doing stuff to them when in fact there might not even be aliens at all involved. And the fact that this took place in a government base, it's what really sells me on this could have been just some kind of crazy covert government experiment going on. That's what I'm leaning towards, too, because I feel a lot of the imagery was implanted or simulated, right. you know, um, and, you know, especially in the case of the boys, I mean, they were given massive amounts mm. of hallucinogens. So what would it require for a guy to go in in an alien suit or a, a reptile right. suit wow. and just start talking to them? And then that's what they remember. This big creature came in and spoke to me. <laughs> Exactly. So. No, not only that, Christopher. You, you remember also, uh, for those out there who listen to Joe Rogan, who was on Art recently, our Art Bell show, uh, you know, and listen to him talk about DMT and all these other uh, mind uh, controlling substances that are out there, uh, like ayahuasca and whatnot. Some of the folks that take these trips on DMT do claim to see little gray aliens with little hats on them. Uh, you know, they see all kinds of different and weird things. So there, it could be a very you know possible. Uh, connection to the you know the the fact that they're doing mind control experiments, but with those kind of drugs to these kids and what they're seeing is just all a hallucination. I mean that is a very big possibility, especially look I've seen reports where they've uh, talked about where in laboratory experiments scientists have now been been able to actually uh, perform experiments on the brain which will simulate an alien abduction to the person who is uh, being experimented on. That experiment has been published. There that is out there. So. What is not to say that the government hasn't done more than just those little experiments in secret? You know what I'm saying? That's I, where I truly really believe that's what happened. I believe yeah. that's that's what happened. I think in other cases, or even met possibly in this case, you know, it might be such a a complex weave over this thing that yes, there maybe there were aliens down there. Yes, maybe there was a time travel technology experiment, but still on top of that. Maybe they created this really hokey imagery to cover up what actually was being conducted down there. In addition to the mind control experiments, maybe they just, you know, it's a mask over what's really, really happening. happening. 
Right. Now, Stewart and, and these guys uh, made claims, uh, and Stewart's really uh, was messed up, uh, that his parents uh, at one point, I guess, were uh, allowing this to happen to them, correct? Yeah, and other Montauk, alleged Montauk boys claimed that as well, that the parents were involved, that they were either paid off or even there was imposters, like in James Bruce's case, who appears at the end of the film, he said that it, he saw his father. His father was involved, and he was encouraging him, and uh, he was saying, you know, we're going to make a lot of money. You need to do this. So there were there was many cases where he claimed his father was involved in a lot of these experiments where I guess, you know, it's possible because... See, James Bruce said, and this, again, I had so much footage of him. You'll see more of him in Ghosts of Montauk because I met him at, when the film was basically finished. And I just did my best to try and incorporate him into the last quarter. It was difficult. So I had to reconfigure the whole film just to do that. But in the, in, in the case of him, he said that this happened slightly after the alleged Montauk project ended in 83. And that not only was his father involved, but his high school principal uh, was involved because he was the one that was initializing the groups of kids that were being separated and then brought into oh, wait, special what do you rooms. Mean by initializing? Well, initializing in initiating. Well, no, uh, initializing or initiating them into the project, but initializing the mind control because here's the thing it, it, they, they brought puzzles to these kids in the very beginning and they were seeing who was able to complete the puzzles and then. This was the very beginning of the, the mind control being implanted into the minds of these kids. I'm not saying this happened. I'm just repeating what was told to me right, uh, because right. that was my job as a filmmaker was to go and record this. So, um, so James Bruce claims that not only his father was involved, but the high school principal as well, that all of these people were involved. Now, you can you know, immediately say that this was impossible, but I think worse things have happened. And of course, if you do a little research on the Dozer School they, in Florida, they just found corpses of hundreds of kids that were buried underneath the ground. And I think, you know, we're taught to trust our public officials way too much, but we have far too much evidence of people misbehaving in those positions. So it's very believable that maybe they were part of this larger program. Look, I've, done, uh, I've done shows... Uh, in the past where I've talked to guests uh, in, in dealing with uh, a, a really, really uh, sad situation with uh, the world of Hollywood, uh, where pedophilia has ran rampant over the last 30, 40, 50 years. And uh, where, he, you know, I had one guest in particular who was telling me about how there's parties and there's been sex parties for decades uh, that even involve the government. Uh, how much of what happened in Montauk could maybe be connected to some of the Hollywood stuff that, that was going on in the 60s and 70s and 80s uh, that dealt with uh, underage kids being taken to sex parties for you know the, the Hollywood uh, pedophiles. How much do you think that might be connected? I think it's totally connected. I mean, according to Stewart and, and other people like Stewart, they say that this is all one, you know, one organization and with many different factions to it, you know, many different sections. So... I think it's all of the same mindset. And again, how is it that these people, these people in power, you know, we see it every day, politicians behaving really badly. You know, that's out in the public doing really crazy things to mm -hmm. children and Hollywood directors being caught drugging people and, you know, all this stuff. Why are people allowed to get away with this? You know, and we let them get away with it. We've been letting them get it. Well, not we, but, you know, our 
our legal system and lets it lets people get away with it as long as they have a lot of money behind them. So well, I don't know, like, man. Look, look what look what happened to Jared at Subway. Yeah, I don't know how much money does he Busted. have these days. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he's gonna he's, he's gonna have a yeah. tough time in jail. Let me just put it that way. Wow. And I and I laugh because it is funny that Jared is going to jail for. Her. What he's going to jail for? I mean, that's interesting that you brought that up. I was talking about that earlier today. Now, if you think about this for a second, uh, because I shut off the TV a long time ago, and I know this information's on the internet too, but Mm -hmm. it seems like because I haven't watched the news in two years, really. I only looked at it recently just to see what the effect was like. Not watching it for two years and then watching it again, but it really what they want to do, or whether it's intentional or not, is that they're trying to break your heart and break your spirit and bring you down. So think about it. This guy Jared was like an inspiration to people who wanted to lose weight, and now you can't have that inspiration anymore because he's a child molester. And then Bill Cosby was an inspiration to a lot of people, and they're crushing that. You know, I'm, I'm saying, may, you know, very he may very well be responsible for it, but they push these stories in the news constantly. Or even Robin Williams killing himself. This is a guy that made people laugh for years, and then they just put this, they just shove this in your face, like, "Oh, here's the guy, and here's another shooting, and here's another thing." And it's like, this is about breaking your will and breaking your spirit and bringing your inspiration. Well, it's not that; it's that people feed well, off. No, of I think it is. That. I think it's very much. That. That's my opinion. Eh, well, with this Jared thing, I think it's just about getting a pedophile off the streets. Six one four, you're live on Skywatchers Radio. Welcome to the show. Yeah. Um... I, I got to ask him one thing. I'm going to sure. be very real with him. Have you investigated? Now, this is Stasi, uh, and this is a fact. The program okay. still hasn't come to light. But, um, see, here's the problem. Nobody goes and looks at Ostdeutschland, uh, uh, East Germany, and they don't see there was a program that brought... German-Americans that were here from paperclip and different things, right? they have a bloodline. So the DNA is always going to match. They brought them over to substitute, and all you have to do is, remember in the 80s, well, I don't know how old you guys are, uh, they used to have milk carton kids, okay? And those were the missing kids. And they could substitute somebody perfectly looking like that person. Hmm. And then that person, you'll never know what happened to him. But the other person will be here functioning and bow-weaseling into, you know, the country of choice. It could be Canada, Britain, USA, any, anywhere in the West. Just, just something to ask him. And I'm going to bounce off the air I know you guys got my number. I know you know I am. Hey, can you can yes. you email me more information on this at montaukmovie at hotmail.com? This is really interesting to me, and I, I know I haven't really been aware of this program. And he hung up. All right. <laughs> Hopefully he's listening off right now. <laughs> no, he, he, you know, he brings up a, a really good point, especially um, when you talk about you know certain things uh, that's happened in the past. Uh, you know, there's, there's all kinds of uh, weirdness in this world, isn't it? Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, over the last nine years making these two movies, I've noticed a lot of weirdness in the world. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Jesus. Uh, now, going back to uh, the movie, though, uh, we're actually going to hit break in about two minutes here. So uh, before we uh, hit break, uh, let's do this. Um, 
I want you to give out the uh, the link so everybody who uh, right now can take the next couple minutes and go to the website and get the the Blu-ray because I know it's for sale. You have it on the main website. Give out the link real quick before we hit break. Sure, that's uh, MontauxChronicles.com. You know, order the Blu-ray or the DVD. The Blu-ray's packed with extras. The DVD has two making of documentaries and some extended interviews, and you can get that on Amazon.com too. Get that right now. We'll be back in about three minutes with more from Christopher Gartano. James Swagger, host of Capricorn Radio. I'm also an author, engineer, and researcher. Capricorn Radio covers alternative history, alternative science, philosophy, and truth oriented discussions. We are proud to be on the Dark Matter Radio Network live at 8 pm Saturdays, Eastern Standard Time. You can catch extra info on darkmatterradio.net, jameswagger.com for yours truly. CapricornMembers.com for the archives. Don't forget, truth is not democratic. Truth is truth. In a world run by thugs and imbeciles, by robber barons in three-piece suits, where a subservient media pipes sewage into the eyes and ears of the masses 24 hours a day, seven days a week, where do you go for the truth? Is the president an alien, either Kenyan or Zeta? Did the fabulous sea monkeys ordered from comic book ads by kids in the 60s and 70s slither out of their tanks and into ears, and are they running the brains of the ruling elite today? Is David Icke right about the queen being a lizard, or is there a sea monkey brooding on his brain like a jockey atop a chunk of horse meat? Are Lemurians beneath Mount Shasta really addicted to porn and chewing tobacco, or are their spokesmen in the surface world deluded or deranged? From the answers to all these questions and more, tune in each week for another revealing and informative episode of Unraveling the Secrets, and get that sea monkey off of your brain. 4,734 UFO sightings in 2007. 854 abductions by aliens or unknown species reported by American and British citizens. Hundreds more unrecorded in 2007. Suppressed information about collisions with passenger aircraft and UFOs that has been kept from the public knowledge for years. And only one trusted source of information from some of the top UFO researchers in the world. Exclusive information that cannot be found anywhere else on the planet. Trusted, connected, accurate. The UFOStore.com. Expand your personal library with fast shipping and instant 
downloadable information from the largest selection of UFO products on the internet by going to theufostore.com or call on the 24-hour, 7-day-a-week order line at 541-523-2630. The truth is out there, and theufostore.com has it. Right, we're back on Skywatchers Radio, and uh, guys, we do have open lines if you want to call in, 786-245-8127. We will take your call, Christopher will answer your questions, but remember, we have one rule on this show. When you call in, Alan, what's the rule? Tell us. I'll let, what's the rule? No foul yeah, language. No, that's that's rule number two. But what's oh, I'm sorry, that's one my rule? rule. I'm sorry, that's the rule for me. I'm not allowed to do that. I'm sorry. Right, that's rule number one for you, but for the audience, what's the number one rule? Um, always be smiling and be happy. No, be, be absolutely no, no. fascinating. You always fail at this. It's incredible, and I've said this about a billion times. Anyway, be absolutely fascinating with your questions. That's all we ask. Two seven eight six two four five eight one two seven is the is the uh, calling number. Now, Christopher, we are living in a very weird, strange world. When you do a movie like this, does this just depress the hell out of you that stuff like this might have been going on to children worldwide? And by the way, uh, the fact that, you know, that last caller we had in the uh, segment before brought up that the kids on the milk cartons might have been, you know, maybe some of the kids missing from the Montauk Project. I mean, that stuff, uh, how sad is that to know that this might have actually been happening? As a filmmaker, actually, not, first of all. Not, actually, can I ask a better question? When you were making this movie, how many or did people try and stop you from making the movie? Nobody tried to stop me uh, from making the movie. Or discourage you or persuade you that, yeah, maybe you shouldn't be doing this. A lot of people, well, there were some people in the conspiracy world that would ask the question you just asked me. But remember, there, there, a lot of these guys that say that they were part of these programs say that the discouragement happens through ELF waves, it happens through signals, it happens very covertly. So I think that suggestion, at the very least, whether it was happening or not, made me very paranoid. And I was paranoid for a good deal of the time, I think, between 06 and 2011. Very paranoid. I got to the point well, where with I was all the, well, with all that stuff going on with the ELF waves, anything in your house start glowing in the dark mysteriously? Nothing was glowing in the dark. I just, um, you know, I think my thoughts were mixed up I, for a little while. I'm being honest. And I, I didn't make a big deal out of this in the movie. And I, I'm only answering your question because you're asking. And I'm being honest with you that I had a difficult time for a little while. And I'm not normally uh, susceptible to stuff like this. But for a little while... I, I had some confusion and I had some paranoia and I do believe it was a direct result of the material and I can't exactly say why or exactly how it happened, but it did. Well, well let me ask you, were you saying that you were being dis- – did something in t- inside you tell you you were being discouraged to do the movie or were you getting well, yeah, depressed my, about my making it paranoia. or was it something that just literally just put you into a state of confusion? I don't know what it was to tell you the truth. I just um, I was very paranoid, and it seemed very unnatural. So of course, when you're paranoid, and it's coming out of the blue, you start to think, "Is this being done to me?" 
to stop me from making the picture. There were no physical people. Nobody called to try and stop me from making the movie. It just, I don't know. Well, so, did they put one of those? Did they? Did they put one of those smart meters instead of the regular electric meters uh, on your house? I don't know. You tell me. Did they put the smart meter <laughs> on my house? <laughs> no, no. You know, people have been saying that these smart meters, these smart meters give off uh, ELF frequencies and uh, actually gives I'm people, not claiming some anything people that like have, that. Make, it have trouble sleeping. It, it could simply be just the power of suggestion, you know, and it's very powerful in itself. The power of suggestion is very True. powerful. Once you get something in your mind that is happening, it might as well be happening because you can create it for yourself. So where I was going with my question earlier was, have you at all hit a level of depression after uh, doing this project at all? And I guess you just sort of answered it, and it might have been uh, maybe uh, some kind of a manipulation that might have been going on and maybe uh, I, something to do with the power. I mean, it was a long ride, my friend. It was nine years, two movies. I, uh, everything in my life you know, went to hell during the making because all I could do was pay attention to completing this project. Don't know. I was determined to get it done right. I don't know exactly why I, I, I didn't care about anything else, but I didn't, and I just kept working on this thing. And, and for the last, well, during the movie that you saw, I worked on full-time. The other movie was, you know, I had a different job, so I was working for an alarm company, installing security systems for years, you know, working out in the cold, drilling into, you know, walls, hardwired cameras and fire systems and security systems for a long time. While I was doing that, or freelance uh, photography or freelance commercial work while I was making the first film. And, um, but when I was completely immersed in it, there, it was a combination of a great feeling because that's what I was doing full time. I was a movie maker full time, and that was my dream. But right. on top of it, the material itself was affecting me in a negative way because every time I thought of our government, I mean, this is how I, I quit smoking cigarettes. I said, some old man sitting around, you know, a bunch of old men sitting around a table right now are getting rich, laughing because I'm going to get emphysema and cancer. So I quit. <laughs> and I had the same feeling when I thought of boys being killed and kidnapped and murdered for, by these same type of old men who are just getting off on the fact that they're developing new technologies or they're just manipulating people or manipulating us. Because the deal is, if any of this is true, we're all in big trouble. And I mean it. We're in big well, trouble. What are the, what are the long-term ramifications of something like this for society nowadays? I mean, wh- if this is true, obviously, yeah, this could happen to anybody at any given point. Uh, but as far as a society-wide ramification, what are some of the, the, the blowback that we're going to get from this if this turns out to be true? I think if it is true, it's a slow and gradual mass mind control. And again, this is where paranoia sits in. It's like the simplest things. Okay, here's a question. This might seem off topic, but it's not. I feel like there are little things being implemented into culture and into society to strip us of our individuality, strip us of our imagination, mm. and make us into these kind of drones, almost you know, Nazi-like drones to follow the leader or whatever they're doing to us. And so, okay, remember, what was the last time that we, and, and this might be a silly explanation, but it's a, great, it's a great example. The last time we had a big group of bands that the whole world knew about collectively, I'm talking about music, right, that was really good, was probably in 1994. Why don't we have good music? What happened to people who, you know, and, and it's like it, these things keep 
getting what they, what they happened? killed all the great artists died that's <laughs> yeah the the good artists died <laughs> well, what about the new ones where's the inspiration and i just feel like there's a lot in society right now that's being put out there and it's got to be i don't know why it's happening so this is like where the paranoia set, sets in because you're like it's these tiny little bites it's these tiny little injections that are extracting these great things these inspirational things from us and then why is there a new shooting in this country every single day or why is it being reported to us consistently there's gotta i feel like there's something behind it and i feel like in in a way it's all connected to these earlier programs and according to Stuart Swerdlow and according to Preston Nichols it is if you ask them they'll tell you all of this is an out out uh, crop and outgrowth of the original Montauk program and programs like that because the mind control is out there now and they say the ultimate Well a lot of goal, these people a lot of these shooters you know in their teens and 20s Hold on. A lot of these shooters that are in their teens and 20s, uh, the one common factor has been SSRI inhibitors. Mm. Um, you know, that right. they Why is that being given away so easily? Why is the medication being given away so easily when we know what it does to you? Why is it right. not off the market right now? Because Why drugs are like still... candy now, unfortunately. <laughs> we have a new person walking into a public place every day killing people. This is not normal, okay? And it seems like everyone's so complacent. Well, my opinion is that law-abiding citizens carried guns in these places, there'd be less shootings. Okay, but what do you want your life to be the Wild West, or do you want to be able to walk to the store, get your milk and Cocoa Puffs, and go home and eat them? Actually, I can go for some Cocoa Puffs right now, to be honest <laughs> with you. But that's neither here nor there. No, but look, I completely, I, I completely understand where you're coming from. In fact, I, I've been saying this for a long time, Chris. Uh, the government is nothing Dude, more... Dude, you're just cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. <laughs> that's true, though. That That is very much a fact. But what I'm saying is the government has been using the, the media, and especially the news outlet, for a long time. We all know this. I mean, the news branch, or the news media is the fourth branch of the government, in a sense. They, they are a branch of the government. Whatever is being put on the news is there on purpose to condition uh, the society, the condition society, in the way they want to condition us, and that obviously, when you turn on the news, what is that you see always? Negativity, murder, you know, people robbing people, death in the streets, car accidents, homicides. I mean, that's all they report. A, con a consistent fear, fear, fear feed of negative here. Oh, yeah. and fear. It really is bombarding the senses in this country and worldwide, really. And that is definitely a form of mani of mind manipulation and control. Because guess what? When you have folks sitting at home watching this all the time, they get so scared. Half of these people don't even want to go out anywhere. They get paranoid. Paranoia seeks in. So a lot of this stuff I do believe could be connected to the, to a project like the Montauk Project. I think you're absolutely on the, on the money on there, Chris. Sure. And, and the thing is, it's like you're being bombarded with this stuff. And if we dare question it, what we're being told is, oh, no, no, you want this. This right. is the demographic. You guys want this stuff. Now, I'd love to see a nonstop barrage of positive things. Now, you know, I mean, yeah, there's positive and negative. We need it. But not so much destruction. There are good things happening. There are great people. Yeah, they're here. called fluff pieces. Yeah. No, not the, I, I hear you. That's the thing. They'll throw the fluff pieces at us, not the real true things, the, the good things, the great things that people do. Uh, and it could just be as simple as something Someone walked their dog today and actually picked up after them. That's the best news we've heard all day. That, that's I what we don't want to see. 
Listen, if Jim Morrison was alive today and no one knew who he was and he walked in to audition for American Idol, he'd get kicked out in two seconds. There's my explanation. That is a sad possible reality. That's too. only yeah. because they wouldn't understand it because of all the drugs he was on. <laughs> he would fail the interview part. He'd be great singing, but he would fail the interview part at the beginning of the and band. And he would be like 80 right now, so if he tried to sing on American Idol, it would just yeah, be he, He'd come on in a walker, he'd fall down, he wouldn't have had his life alert, so he can't scream, I've fallen and I can't get up. It would have been a mess. I mean, light my fire would take a whole different meaning at this point. Certainly. <laughs> but at least we'd have a good song being sung. That's true, too. You know, it's funny, a lot of the times... Uh, a lot of these shows like American Idol and these reality shows that uh, they bring people on to showcase their hidden talent, a lot of times the people with the most talent, believe it or not, are the ones that you really did not suspect at all that they would be talented in any way, shape, or form. Um, I've seen you know, folks uh, on some of these uh, clips on YouTube, for example, look goofy, you know, they look nerdy or whatever. They don't look like your typical pop stars, but yet they have amazing voices and they can sing incredibly uh, but yet you never hear their them about them getting record deals or getting signed or anything like that you just hear about the uh what are they, the clay akins of the world getting record deals sure and he does album. another christmas album the thing is right. i tuned it out i had enough i was done you know like larry king went off the air i watched that old guy at usually at the end of the night because he was interesting but then he started losing it a little bit so and then they fired him and then i just kind of like all right i'm shutting the tv off it's over now, I love movies. Uh, I watch movies, but I, I just stopped watching television. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I don't watch much TV these days. I spend too much time doing radio. So, can't watch Radio is great. <laughs> what you guys are doing is fantastic because, no, I, as far as I know, is there anybody regulating you, really telling you what not to say or, you know, outside oh, of this? Yes, of course. Really? Yes. Yes, of course. We have a, a dark lord of the network, <laughs> Keith Rowland. He is the dark lord of, of, of Dark Matter Digital Network. Right, but you could basically... The, the beautiful thing right now is that it, it comes with its negatives and positives, but the, the internet right now, a lot can be said, a lot can be learned, but with that comes a lot of garbage and a lot of illegal stuff going on, and I don't know exactly how to regulate it or if it should be, but I think the, for the most part, people should just take responsibility of what you're putting out there, mm. and maybe one day it'll be the, you know... It'll be the one place where we can communicate without someone telling us what we can or cannot say. I mean, you should you should censor yourself if something that you're saying is inaccurate or dangerous. But you always have a right to your opinion, and that's basically what you know. My movie making style, when it comes to the docudramas, is about. I'm just showing you what I saw, and I'm not telling you that. You know, I, I could sit there and uh, repeat all the technologies that Preston said he used as if I used them. There are too many people doing that. I had so many people approach me and say, well, what about this and this and that? And I'm, my question is, were you there? And then they say, well, no. And then how the hell do you know it existed? You weren't there. You never saw it. You don't see a picture of it. You never tried right. it. How do you know it was there? And they can't give me an answer. So my just thing like, is, you know, be careful. Just like, just like Nancy Burns in the last segment uh, with the whole Pluto thing. Could not. <laughs> answer that at all sure and that and you know, if that's you don't be, if you weren't there how do you know how do you know yeah, if you weren't there? exactly you know i had someone say the gray alien in my movie is inaccurate i he said they said because he has five fingers i said well first of all i i and have, he has fangs christopher <laughs> yes fangs, <he> has man <laughs> well i said how do you know he didn't have fangs you weren't there you know but the point is 
my 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 alien is more metaphorical of the project itself, the monster behind it, and 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 the evil of even a human being that might kill a child or kidnap a child and murder them for the purposes of mind control. I'll tell you what. The first time I saw the alien in the in the movie, I freaked. I literally jumped. I was like, "Wait a second! I was not expecting that to look like that." Because you know you don't see that typically for the greys with the fangs and the drool come out of their mouth and whatnot. But it, it's very effective. And again, we're talking. Dude, we're you're ruining really it. I haven't seen the movie yet. It's it's, it's a it's a minor thing. The entire film is fascinating. You're gonna lo- you're gonna love it, man. Don't worry about the the minor detail there. Uh, but it, you know, it fits perfectly to what you know you're doing. Like I said, because it is such a a bizarre and horrific story uh, that you would almost have to do with this. So I couldn't like I couldn't see this documentary being done uh, as a regular documentary with nothing added to it. You know, nothing in between to kind of like spice it up a little bit. You almost have to do that for this kind of story. Now, out of the, the out of all the people that you interviewed uh, for this thing, uh, you know, which one came across as the most the most realistic, I guess, or the most authentic to you? Well, I you know the other three gentlemen, uh, Alfred, Preston. Preston was different between the first time and the second time. I really um, found him to be extremely interesting. The the second time, the time, the interview that you see in the movie, because it was weird. Whenever you would mention or when I would mention the the boy program to him, he mm-hmm. of course he would talk about it, but he was very uncomfortable to associate himself with the murders of the children, and then on the same. Uh, note, he would say, if he had the opportunity, he would go back and do it again. This is because this man grew up kind of socially awkward, and his only loves in life were science fiction and technology. So, of course, if you were that guy, that kind of loner, that kind of socially awkward, you know, guy, uh, and then you have this opportunity to be part of this adventure story for real, you know it was a dream come true for him if it was if it was a real thing so he right. says he would do it in a second regardless of the murders of the children it's like he doesn't want to fake yeah. it yeah that 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 kind of like messes with me a little bit because i mean i could not ever see myself wanting to do this again even if i was that loner or if i was that kind of a ostracized from everybody else in society or you know even if that was the case i, I would never want to go over this experience again so that kind of threw me for a loop when you said that. Yeah, yeah, I mean in a way, you know, Preston is is a villain. I mean, he 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 doesn't want to admit it, but if you're saying I would go back and do it again at the expense of the deaths of All these murders, yeah. Yeah, thousands and thousands of children, um you're basically saying I'm the bad guy. Right. You know, that's like nope. that's like a Nazi soldier coming back, you know, after capturing and saying I'd do it again. It's like, "Hey, right. okay, great." <laughs> You know, I was just a guard. I didn't kill anybody, but I'll go back and do it again. You know. But man, I guarded my post so well in Nazi Germany. Yeah. And these guys even say, you know, Preston and and Al and Stewart say that this is all a derivative from the Nazi scientists that were brought over uh, Operation Paperclip. They say mm-hmm. it was it came from right. them. Which actually, I, I wouldn't uh, discount that as a uh, possible fact because there's a lot of stuff that we brought over from Nazi Germany. Uh, if you listen to the show periodically at all, you would know my take on Roswell and what happened there. Uh, I believe that was all Nazi Germany connected. You know, I, I think that and with Tesla's uh, experiments that he was working on and all that stuff that happened during the, those five years, uh, which Tesla dies, the war ends, Roswell happens all within five years. Amazing, right? What are the odds of that? 
But I think all that is connected. And Montauk, the Philadelphia experiment, all this stuff that happened afterwards. Uh, now, Montauk and the Philadelphia experiment has, you know, it, it, they've been known of, uh, at least in the circles that we run in, you know, the people that are into this subject or into these things. Uh, you know, this is, these are stories that have been around for a bit. And, you know, different people have come out with different things over the, over the years now. Uh, but what are the odds that some of these guys are, you know, completely making it up just to fit into this story? I mean, did you catch that at all with, with any of them at all? That, that maybe they're just, you know, fibbing to try to fit in to what might have really happened to these other guys? I mean, that was my initial reaction. I did not believe it. In, in the beginning of 06, I was like, this is a joke. This is a total joke. And I was a little depressed in the beginning because I was like, I'm just sitting with a, a bunch, you know, a couple of crazy old guys who were telling me. I mean, Al told me everything from, you know, because I again, let me just set it up. I, I'm a guy who grew up on fiction. I I was immersed in fiction. My parents owned a video store in the early '80s. I watched every movie you could think of. I read a lot of books. I, you know, so I was familiar with the Twilight Zone. I was familiar with H.G. Wells. I was familiar with a lot of science, you know, Star Trek. So right. then these guys are telling me. So then. You know, you're a guy who loves science fiction and horror, and now you're making a movie, and you end up at this old guy's house. This is exactly what was going on with me. Again, I, w I wasn't a scientist. I wasn't uh, a conspiracy theorist. I'm just a guy getting ready to make a movie who loves science fiction and horror and thinks this is an interesting story to start. And now I have an old man sitting in front of me saying, okay, guy, I'm going to tell you something. Everything you ever learned in science fiction is true and all of the fantasy stories those are true too and he literally told me this he said vampires <laughs> are real witchcraft it's all real the black arts everything it's all real and these guys are seriously staring me in the eye saying it's real and i'm just like okay great it's real tell me more prove you it know. prove it yeah right and isn't that isn't that what you should do or should you just say of course it is thank you for not showing me anything and now i truly believe you and i'm going to tell everybody else that it's real now I believe a lot of these things do exist. I truly do. But, I, you know, it still doesn't mean that these guys were there. And right. I, I'm, I've always been looking for more since day one. It wasn't until I really started getting deeper into the project and then reading about things like MKUltra and the Tuskegee experiments that that's when I kind of wanted to go back, with, you know, because I believed in it more after that and then I started to really think about Al and maybe how and Preston and how they may have been a little scrambled um, because Preston did say they don't kill you anymore they make you look crazy you know those right. were his, that was his explanation so I yeah I had a different perspective on it later on that's an interesting way of putting it uh, they make you look crazy but it sounds that's a little crazy when you're saying that vampires are real and you know, oh no! I I can yeah, show that you. Sounds a little, that sounds a little nutty. I'm just saying. Yeah, no. Al literally said vampires are real as they are depicted, and in fact, a lot of them don't want to be vampires, be so they live off of pig's blood. Now, there's a movie. It's a sequel to the film version, the first film version of Stephen King's Salem's Lot. It's called Return to Salem's Lot, where a community right. of vampires live off of pig's blood. So, I was familiar with that Z grade, you know, that B movie, and I'm like, oh, he's just talking about return to Salem's lot. Okay. And then Preston turns around and says, he's talking to the reptilian commander. And I said, it kind of sounds like <laughs> something I saw in Star Trek. He's like, exactly. It looked exactly like the Gorn from Star Trek. And I'm like, Oh, okay. 
Well, uh, see, that's where I started calling Batsquatch on people right there. I point. don't know what they're smoking, but I wish they would share with the class. Yes, at that point, that's where I started saying, okay, and I started backing up really slowly and walking away. Because, uh, to be honest, when you start saying things like that, that completely tells me that eh, you're not playing on the level here. Uh, because, again, yeah, some of this stuff might be true, some of it might not be true, but when you're so, you know, so forward about it being 100% accurate and true and the, yeah, the vampires are real and exactly as depicted in the movies well, it just tells me that you watch a lot of movies. For example um, what's his, uh, I always forget his name, um, David Icke yes. is famous for the reptilians that's, that's what he talks about more than anything in life is reptilians now, when did David Icke start talking about reptilians? Let's do a little uh, fact checking here At some point in the 90s, correct? Maybe late 90s? Mid eighties to the oh, late was it the mid eighties? Okay, yeah, right. he's been around for for a while. What TV show was very popular in the eighties? V. V. Exactly. It dealt with what? <laughs> Reptilians. Guess what he was doing while he was drinking his tall boy beer? Which he was watching a lot of, that the show. Watching yeah, no, V. I, taking I, notes. Exactly. Well, a lot I of these guys do that. that. I heard about David Icke. I said, "This is V," and then it's also they live. And not, a lot of oh, people wow. start referring to Correct. the Matrix, but They Live is much more accurate to what these guys are saying, you know? And They Live was yeah. a, a satire on the Reagan. Can I get those glasses so I could win the scratch-off games? Exactly. Oh, man, that'd be yeah. great. <laughs> Christopher, we're all out of time. Unfortunately, we're definitely going to have you back on soon. With When the other guy over here watches the movie, we, we want to have you back on so we can talk more. Because, man, you're awesome to have on the show. Really love having you on the oh, show. Oh, thank and, you uh, so much. Everybody, please, if you're listening right now, before you, you know you go to bed tonight, uh, after listening to Art Bell, go to the website, mtkchronicles.com. Pick up the, the documentary there. The, the Blu-ray is awesome. I'd highly recommend watching it multiple times because it's really that good. Uh, it's really captivating. Christopher, thank you so much for being on the show with us tonight, my All friend. Right, thank you, guys. Thank you so much. You're awesome. Guys, stick around. Art Bell is next. And guess what? He has Bill Burns on tonight. And the that's great. interesting. Bill Burns is on Art Bell tonight. Guys, it's been a, a fun Skywatchers radio. It's been a fascinating hour with our, our good friend Christopher Gertano over here. And uh, for our dark overlord, that's right, Darth Roland, and for everybody listening in, for our guests and callers, and for the other guy, I'm Angel Espino. This is Skywatchers radio. We bid you adieu. We'll see you next week for more Skywatching. Stick around. Art Bell is coming up next. <laughs>